naturally pleasure. Uh, you know, this is probably the first time for me that I'm going to introduce Pastor Bruce, not as a friend at a church, but as family. It's family. Bruce actually launched Equippers Churches. There are countless, I don't know how many, it's lots and lots and lots of churches in, on every continent on the planet right now, Equippers Churches. And, and Bruce started this thing. And um, he's blessed me personally. He has a grace to stir leadership. You just need to know when I'm with him, it's not that comfortable. <laughs> you think you're doing quite well, and then you talk to Bruce. But it's good I need that, don't I? So pray for me these next couple of days. <laughs> but I will come back a better leader for it, and it's good. So please stand up, Equippers Church, Essex, and give monster honour to Pastor Bruce Monk. Very good. Lovely to be here. Just um, before I talk a little, how about just lifting your hands, just open your heart. You don't have to, just a way of... uh, Lifting hands is an expression, an expression and openness. But we want to pray today, Holy Spirit. We, we do acknowledge in the name of Jesus that without you, we'll never know just the reality of your love. We'll never know the reality of your salvation. We'd never know our purpose for life. We'd never know what it is to enjoy your presence. And so right now, I just release you to move today. Come and touch every individual. You know every individual's need. You know every individual's cry. You know every individual's uh, purpose. But corporately together, uh, families, marriages, we just speak into it. And we believe that uh, 2020 is a significant year for equippers here in Colchester. We believe that, Holy Spirit, you're going to do something significant. We pray into the building. We we don't fear we're going to miss something. We're going to get what you have designed in Jesus' name. And we declare that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Just keep keep your arms open or your heart open. Uh, this year I started and I, I believe the, the, the theme God really spoke to me was is that God wants us to arise to his favour. And, uh, you know, often we want favour, but favour is not a lotto ticket. Sometimes we're expecting God to almost pour something out from heaven. It's like it's a lotto ticket. But really, in essence, God wants you to arise. And I want you to catch hold of that today. It's not just sitting back waiting. It's actually arising to his glory, arising to what God wants, what God has for you. Amen. And I believe this year, 2020, uh, people have had prayers where they've been praying for family members, jobs, finances, homes. Uh, I believe people are going to get houses this year. I believe significant things are going to come into place. Long-term prayers are going to be answered. Amen. And uh, But it's about us just arising and saying, okay, I'm entering into that in Jesus' name. How many have got hold of that already? Come on, you've been fasting for 21 days. But right now, just with your heart, your hands perhaps lifted, Father, we declare answered prayer this year. We declare, Father, it's a season of favour. It's a season of divine blessing. And we speak that right now in Jesus' name. And we pray that we are able to apprehend it, take hold of it, position ourselves for it, not hold back. Do what you speak to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Turn to five people and say, I got it. Very good. 
It is a joy for me to be here, and it is family. I'm not sure how many times I've now ventured up the coast here to uh, Essex, but it's a few times. And every time I come, I, I just feel a greater connection, greater bond. Uh, for those who know my wife, my Helen, she sends a love, a greeting. And um, I think she's in London uh, sometime in March, so she's uh, doing a ladies' thing. So if you can get to that, it'd be good. She's currently writing a book. Uh, we both are. Uh, she's further on than I am, I think more disciplined. I saw her always find an excuse to go fishing or do something like that. <laughs> um, but she's writing a devotional, 180 day devotional. Um, and already, uh, I reckon it's going to be a blessing to people because we just need that life just to put a spark in our heart every day. Amen. Just of the word of God. And I believe people are going to be totally blessed by that. We've enjoyed summertime. I think I just uh, put a little envy in you. I think for the last three weeks, every day has been 26, 27, 28. It's been no wind. Uh, uh, it's been warm. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> so it's been very nice. And uh, But mind you, we will have our July, August. So that comes and I look at you guys and you're bathing in sun or rain or something. <laughs> Uh, very good. It's wonderful to see, you know, the beginning of the year, what God's doing. And the Equippers family around the world is a real growing family. In fact, we um, uh, really fight. I'll just use it. It's very difficult to keep up with what God's doing. Um, you know, we currently have two locations now in Brazil. Uh, Mexico has started as a church. Uh, Ghana, which Barry has just been to recently. Uh, the church in Manila is reaching... I think something like a 1,000 people every Sunday. Uh, I just got the statistics before of the Auckland Church, and they went into four services yesterday, and every service was just about packed. And so just, you know, what God is doing is really uh, um, uh, amazing. And, and why I share it is because uh, one of the things I, I watch, with especially young people, I think older people will enjoy it too, is we, we love family, we love our location. But everybody, the younger generation these days, love to be home, but they love to be connected. And they want to be actually connected to something big and something bigger. It's got a, a, a not, not just a, a national feel, but even a global feel. Because they think globally. They, they're not like when I grew up, you know, I knew where England was. But today, you know, people are traveling. They're part of it. The internet is really keeping people connected all around the world. And uh, what you and I need to see is that's part of what God's creating. Something where we feel as though, yep, we've, we've, got our, we've got our base locally. We're planted in the house of God. But God is actually moving nationally. He's creating something significant. And out of that, you can uh, just join in and you can really touch the power of God together in a very significant way. Amen. So I just want you to catch hold of that. Um, when Helen and I haven't been as married as long as Linda and Terry here. I think they're 52 years or something, 50, 53. Uh, we've been married this year 50. Uh, my, my wife reminds me gold with a diamond. <laughs> Somehow that's sort of coming on the screen. <laughs> Amen. Um, so I, I haven't said, what do I want? Boat with a... No. <laughs> I'm sure something will come in the scene. But, uh, you know, just relationships, uh, I'm only mentioning next week you're into a relationship. I have to launch the one in Surrey tonight. But, you know, married 50 years, 
Uh, one of the things we look at, you know, every marriage has its uh, struggles, arguments, actually bond you and bring you stronger together. Yeah. Difficult helps you to form something in your life. Yeah. But really, I look at our 50 years, and I, I think we've had a blessed 50 years. Yeah. And uh, we look at it, and we're just uh, so thankful for God's hand on our life, on our marriage, on our family, on our grandchildren. And when you look at that, you, you look and say, wow, God, you are, you are special. And uh, if you've gone through a broken marriage today, gone through a broken relationship, one or two, I don't know, many sometimes for people, come on, get into the house of God because God can redeem that. Yeah. And the wonderful, wonderful thing, I, I celebrate 50 years with the same woman and I am very grateful for that. Um, but, you know, if you've gone through brokenness, you've gone through difficulty, God is a redeeming God. Yeah. Um, and God can redeem and make up for lost time. He can restore. But what we're going to learn is, in life is God does have some pretty good standards. And if you, over the next week or so, two weeks as you go through it, just listen for some of the standards because I see today a lot of young people in a way negate the standards and they get tired and, and, and there is an emotion in love and there is a reaction but that doesn't actually hold you together. I'm just letting you know. It, it, it'll take, it, there'll be a period where that disappears, the emotion, the, the romance. And it doesn't mean to say you're not romantic, but it does disappear. And what will cause it to be snuffed out is other issues. And sometimes those issues are finances. Sometimes they are different you haven't worked out the values you're building your relationship, contention, uh, unidentified problems, things that people haven't exposed. And within a two-year period, they start to really sneak up. And all the romance, all this romance somehow seems to disappear. There's not, there's not. And that, that in my term, it just snuffs what you had from the beginning out. But what we're going to do is we've got to say, okay, let's get those right. So please keep your ear open in the next two or three weeks and say, okay, there are some things I can actually learn. So don't just get caught in, <laughs> it's real. But, you know, don't just go there. Actually sit down and work through what you believe what are the issues you're going to build your relationship? What are the values you're going to build your relationship on? Because those values. And if I can give you one that Helen and I have, it's not my message today, but one, one prime thing that we've built our relationship on, and it comes from a verse in the Bible. I, I didn't know this wasn't intentional. The verse wasn't intentional in the beginning, but definitely the value was there. But we've built it on 1 John 1, 7. Just simply says, if you walk in the light, as Christ Jesus is in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses you from all sin or problems, and you actually have fellowship with one another. And one of the things we can actually say in our 50 years of marriage is neither of us have a cupboard. There's no hidden. We don't have a hidden department. We don't have secrets that the other doesn't know about. And that, I believe, has helped us massively. We walk in the light together. And our fellowship gets stronger 
because we know the power of walking in the light. There's nothing hidden. There's nothing secret. We know one another. Amen. And uh, if I could just leave that with you as just a little, little uh, promise from God, I believe it will help. What there is, I want to talk about today is, and I want to put it in, in your spirit, is I'm just going to talk about the gospel. Uh, because that's why we're here. Uh, was that encounter. How many can remember the moment when they first encountered Jesus? Put your hand up. Can you remember how old you were, Daniel? Seven? Five. Five. 27. 27. They actually statistically say that uh, 84 to 85% of us give our hearts to Christ. We have an encounter with the gospel before we're 24. So that's where the church has got to change. Just... To let you know, right? Because the, the the most the most open age for people to respond to Christ is before they're 24 years of age. Now, I found that a church that really reaches young people will reach older people too. But a church that's only focused on keeping older people don't reach young people. <laughs> Amen. So we've got to make sure that we are a church that is really going to, in a way, reach out to the younger generation. And in the same place, we're not, we're not feeling devalued as an older person. Amen. I don't feel devalued when my grandkids are giving me hearts of Christ. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I don't feel valued. Amen. You've got to get that in your spirit. So don't, so don't look for a church that suits your preference. Reach, re, re, get into a church, and that's why I love equippers. Is now I'm, I'm trying to keep it focused. Come on, in our church, we want to be a church that's able to reach younger people. Amen. And so I can put away my preference for my grandkids. Got it? If they're in church, they've got their hands up. Man, that makes my day. Amen. I'm not worried about my preference of music. I can listen to my preference in the car. <laughs> they, they don't like my preference. I'll change the channel, pa, they say. <laughs> uh, but it doesn't matter. I, I've got my preference. But in church, come on, we've got to be a church that's able to take this wonderful gospel. And the gospel is simple. I want to explain today just the why the gospel is so important. And for us as a church, equippers is not our aim. It's our vessel. Right? The gospel is what we're about. And uh, the gospel is so powerful. It's very simple. Jesus came, just preaching it, very simple. He came, he died on a cross. He died on that cross. He took every sin that has been committed, went upon himself. He was, he was marred more than any other man. We will not go into the Easter story. But when he died, he went into the very depths of hell. He took out of Satan the keys of death and hell. He marched out of hell victorious. The Bible says in Matthew that even some graves, the stones lifted and people were resurrected the moment he was resurrected. That would have been pretty scary, wouldn't it? If you're walking along the road, oh, here's a guy. How long have you been dead? You know? but, but that's literally in the Bible. And so he rose and because he lives, you and I can live also. And, and, and so that, that's, that's the essence of the gospel. But what the gospel does is the gospel opens a door. Say door. door. And this is what I want you to catch today. The gospel opens a door to God's salvation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
The gospel opens a door to God's salvation. And when you understand this gospel opening the door, you now start to enter into the benefits of why Christ saved you. And I just want to simply talk about it today. What are the benefits of our salvation? When I was living in London, I'm not sure whether I've told this story here. I could have done, but it's a good story to illustrate. But I read in the paper, I can't remember what paper it was, but I read of a lady who died in London. She was an elderly lady. They went around. She had had no connection with family. She lived in, a, in a, an apartment, and they went into the apartment. They had to put masks on because she was living in a standard that was just not human. And uh, so they put masks on, went in to clean it up uh, just so that they could basically get it to a point where they could sell the apartment. And while they were cleaning the apartment, they came across a, 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 a certificate that was hanging on a wall. They were all caught by the certificate. They took it down and they found it was a, a, a certificate that had been given to her by her father, I think 40-something years ago. And she always valued it because it was a gift from her dad. Her father, say father. father. And, but she hung it on the wall. She really never, ever knew what the certificate was all about. They took the certificate to a stockbroker, had it valued. It was valued at £42 million. Pound. £42 million. Pound. That's what she had hanging on a wall, given to her by her dad. But she was living in a hovel, she was living substandard. Now, in a way, that's a, a, a powerful, it's a true story, but it's, it, it is probably typical of a lot of Christians. <laughs> We're living substandard, but God has really given us the certificate of salvation, and He said, This is yours. If you by faith would enter into my promises, this is what I will do. And that's probably one of the great benefits of age is you can actually say, yeah, yeah, this actually does work. This is not just a, a story. It's not just a, a myth. It's not just a whole lot of biblical verses. It is actually a pass to God giving you a better life. Yeah. Amen. And I want to preach into that today because I want us to see we can preach the gospel to young people. Why? Because it works. It's not about just coming to church. It works. And a couple of scriptures I love is the first one is Psalm 27 verse 1. It says, the Lord is the light of my, come on, the Lord is the light of my, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And the great man, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, he says it like this. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of that moment where I opened my heart to Jesus. For me, it was as a boy of 12. I can remember the moment. I opened the door of my heart to the gospel of, uh, gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation. The word I want you to focus on, the gospel is like the door, but it opens a door, it opens a pathway to yours and my salvation. And what we need to do is understand what the salvation looks like and so that we can enter into the blessings of what God wants. And it says, for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And so I'm just going to give you briefly today five Benefits of salvation. You ready? Yeah. Five benefits. Yeah. How many want five benefits yeah. of salvation? Right? The first one is it restores God's glory. 
Salvation restores God's glory. Now, there's a well-known verse. It was probably the first memory verse I ever learned. I don't know why. Perhaps because I was a sinner. I don't know. (laughs) But it just says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, for years and years and years, I don't know why, I only ever focused on one word. Do you know what the word would be? Sinned. (laughs) Perhaps I was a sinner. I don't know. But that's not the message of the verse. The message of the verse is not we've all sinned. The message of the verse is we've fallen from God's glory. And so if you think, you know, sometimes we we come to God and we we, we come to God and it's almost like God is really in a way, he's restoring what he stuffed up. But no, actually God from the beginning, catch it, God from the beginning didn't see us being stuffed up. God from the beginning saw us living in his glory, saw us being whole. God saw you and I right from the beginning of time. He saw us as actually being complete. He didn't see us in our brokenness. He didn't see us in our fallen state. He didn't see us in sin. He saw Barry. He saw him complete. He saw him absolutely. Uh, Sarah's saying, when's that day going to be? But no. <laughs> it's like, but, but that's how God saw. And even before Barry was conceived in Linda's womb, God knew him. So it wasn't just a conception. God knew Barry even before the creation of the world. He knew him. He saw him complete. He saw him created in his glory. He saw him absolutely whole. There was no fudge. There was no mistake. There was no problems with Barry. That's hard to understand, but it's true. (laughs) Amen. And, and, And what you've got to catch is the door of salvation, uh, the door of the gospel opens to our salvation so that you and I, please catch it, can be restored. (laughs) Not become religious, but we can be restored to the image of who God saw we were. And and the the moment you understand that, it changes your Christianity. Why? Because coming to church doesn't change you. It'll help the process. And I'm a great believer in being part of the church. But actually entering into the salvation is what changes you. Another scripture, if you can catch it. And so one, one is the gospel opens a door to salvation for all of sin and fall short of his glory. But you listen to how it says this. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 to 18, it just says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom. Now we love that liberty, we love that freedom. But it goes on, it says, But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror, what do we have? Behold the mirror. Yeah, we behold in the mirror the glory of the Lord. And it just says, We are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory as by the Spirit of the Lord. So, really, when you understand that, God's glory is not mystical. God's glory is a reality. And what God is doing is he's changing us. So salvation, yeah, comes to us through the gospel in a moment. But the gospel opens a door to us 
where in that moment, God begins to change us. Amen. So we're being changed from glory to glory, even though our body will get older, but there's something of the transforming nature of Christ in our life that somehow, in a way, the older you get, the more glorified you should be. Amen. Old people shouldn't be grumpy people. Just to let you know. If you're old and grumpy, come to the maker. Let him restore because, because God's restoring his glory. He's restoring. Young people should want to be around older people. Why? Because there's something of the glory of God in their life where they've been changed from glory to glory is by the Spirit of the Lord. That's why coming to, I, I want to deal with religion. Come on, it's not about religion. It's about God changing you. If you're a dad in this room, come on, do you glorify God through your fatherhood? Or you're just a strict, rigid, legalistic beaver. Do as I say. Don't ask questions. Babe. You know, rather than, no, no, come on. That child's been created in the glory of Jesus. How can we help? How can we help them in their brokenness to discover God's glory? I call it, the scripture here, and uh, I, I won't illustrate this a lot, but I call it my mirror moment. How many have mirror moments? Come on, mirror moments is when you look in the Word of God and God shows you your brokenness, but He shows you in the mirror what He's restoring, what He's making, what He's changing. We all need mirror moments. I love mirror. Right, this morning I had a mirror moment in my devotions. I was reading it. I asked God about something. I went to the Bible, I had a mirror moment. I looked into the mirror of his word and God reflected back and said, Bruce, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm changing. It's like a mirror moment. The moment I read it, I felt something come alive inside me. I felt my face rise. I felt, wow, man, even though, even though in my age I look and I think, wow, you know, perhaps, perhaps I should be winding. No, no, God's saying, no, I'm strengthening you. Uh, I'm actually winding you up. I'm not winding you down. Amen. It was like a mirror moment. And sometimes, you know, in our Christian life, we, we, we can get into the church gig but we forget about the mirror moments that are changing us from glory to glorious by the Spirit of the Lord, letting God transform your life. And I believe the hand of God is coming upon people. Just this lady here, I just really speak this year will be like a mirror moment. I'm just going to lay hands on people right now. Have a mirror moment this year. Let the Spirit of God touch you, this young boy over here. Let God touch you. Don't say I'm too young. Let God put something in your spirit. I prophesy it into your heart right now. There'll come mirror moments in your life where you'll just open up the Bible and you'll think, wow, this is for old people initially. No, no, it's created for you. And those mirror moments will transform your heart. When you let God transform something inside you, you actually rise and you start to become, you start to realize. And, and I, I'm speaking this into people. Come on, people can own homes. God can deal with the brokenness of your past. You don't need to walk with bitterness because of a, 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 an issue in the background. You can actually find the peace of God. doesn't matter where you come from. There's nothing, nothing, nothing that God can't do. And, and the amazing thing is the Bible says all have sinned. <laughs> so we all come with our baggage. 
Even the ones who don't think they've got any, they still have it. <laughs> Amen? So all have got it. But God wants to restore it. And that, that's why I love, personally, I love being a preacher because I want people to understand what God saw. He saw you whole. He didn't see you broken. He didn't see any fragment. He didn't see what we often see ourselves. The second part is, is, is salvation opens to us the forgiveness of God. Forgiveness is powerful. Ephesians chapter 1, it just, for in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our sins, the power of God to forgive. Never underestimate the power of his forgiveness. I think it was towards the end of last year, I think it was early December, I went to an area where I grew up and um, I was preaching and I don't know why I was in this town. It was a town where I got baptized. And so I, I was, um, my mind, I, I'm not nostalgic often, but for some reason I got nostalgic that day. I just thought, oh, wow, this is where I was baptized. And I remember actually going into the baptism pool and, uh, and, and just the thinking, okay, this is an obedient step. And, you know, the, do you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And I'm saying, yes, I confess Jesus. In those days, we had to put white robes on. So I have this white robe on. And, and then they said, they put me down in the name of Jesus. I baptized him. I stood up and I just felt clean. It wasn't the water that cleaned me. It was my obedience, acknowledging what Jesus had done, that's why baptism's powerful because it's an outward statement of what Christ has inwardly done in our heart. And the reason why I felt clean is because as a, a young man of, I think the age was 20, I had a car accident. And the car accident was because I was under the influence of alcohol. The car accident happened at 3 o'clock in the morning. I was driving home. I can't remember the car accident because I went to sleep. But I did hit another car. And I woke up in hospital and I can remember the doctor looking at me and he just simply says, you silly before. And some more but words. <laughs> and I thought, you know, what, what's happened? And he says, you had an, you've had an accident. He said, your blood level has so much alcohol in it that you... Um, we can't operate, we want to operate, but we've got to get things normal. And here I am, and I thought, well, you know, first question, what happened? He said, you had a car, and then I think it's someone else dead. And praise God, I, I, I don't have the shame of someone else dying, but in New Zealand, they have these TV ads about drinking and driving. I can never look at those and make a judgment, you stupid idiot. I think, no, that was me. That was me. I was one of those idiots. I was one of the idiots that drunk. drunk. You know, it was, it was like a baggage. And, and I just thought for a moment the power, why I felt so clean at my baptism was the power of God to remove shame. Amen? In this room, there still would be people who have shame. You've done something. You've been somewhere. And it's just the shame and the wonder of God's salvation. The gospel opens a door. I'm, I'm saying it, again. it opens a door to discover salvation. And in discovering salvation, 
God is able to release you from all the shame of your life. You don't have to live with it. Even if the shame came through something that happened by someone else's hand, you don't have to live with that shame. God frees us from shame. That's why, that's why church is so powerful. That's why the message of church has still got a living, vibrant reality to it. Why? Because there's no one else that can clean that shame and take it from your life. Not even positive thinking. Only God can deal with the shame, the condemnation, the guilt. I, I still can remember it, but I don't carry the shame. I don't carry the shame. I've forgiven. And that's what, that's what the gospel does. It takes away from you and I the shame, the guilt, the condemnation, everything that we know that would have come through our life. And in this room, I, I pray that there are people who can actually sit here today and say, yeah, I celebrate that. I know my shame. I, I know I'm clean. Amen. Celebrate it. Thank God. But there's others of you. Come on, don't, don't live with condemnation. Don't live with shame. The gospel is a door to God's salvation. God's salvation is about forgiveness. The third area is it builds identity. The first one is salvation restores God's glory. The second one, it forgives us. The third one, it builds our identity. And when you, when you understand it, you know, God, God's given everyone an identity. I think it's pretty sad these days that everybody's trying to discover their identity through something that's external. Can I say, sometimes we try to discover our identity through the clothes we wear or, you know, the activities we do or you might be a good sportsman, musician. That's not your identity. That's what you do. I tried to find my identity through money. And I was good at making money. <laughs> Until I became a preacher. <laughs> but but, but that, I tried to find my identity. I thought if I just have a lot of money and nice car, nice house, man, everybody's going to think well of me. But that's not my identity. Until you know God's salvation and letting, let him help you to discover your identity, what you'll do is you'll go through life always trying to find it in something else. And sadly, there are a lot of, I know it's true in Essex, karaoke Christians. <laughs> We're singing someone else's song and never really found our own. And it sounds terrible, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> karaoke really does sound bad. <laughs> and so, so, so does someone who really do, doesn't know who they are and they come in a way they're trying to be someone they're not. And you just feel like, saying, just shut up. <laughs> Come on, find out who you are. Find out who you are. You don't have to be someone else. Find out who God's called you to be. And when you discover that, you're able to build your identity. And that's where the Bible says in Psalm 139, verse is 13, for famous scripture, it just basically says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And this my soul knows very well. Amen. And the more you come to that place, the greater you will be as a person. That's the other people God uses. God doesn't use karaoke. You don't see a, a program. If you want to laugh at something, watch someone sing karaoke. But there are not too many programs. Like I like Simon Cowie just says, oh, you're just singing someone else's song. Get your own. <laughs> I mean, he says it ruthlessly. But I think it's good. Where's your own sound? 
What's your message? What, who are you in life? What has God given you? What has God placed inside you? Because when you're true to that, you start to respond in a positive way. Number four, I won't dwell on this too long. I've forgotten the guy is playing the keyboard, but if you'd come, is, is and start playing. Number, number four is, is, is salvation gives you hope. We talk in church a lot about faith, but hope is having something to hold on to when things are a contradiction. How many have ever gone through a contradiction? <laughs> You know, it's almost like the tide turns and you think, God, where are you? I thought you loved me. But the tide will turn in life. Things will go wrong. There will be a contradiction. The storms will come. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean as though it's just going to be smooth sailing. <laughs> Things will happen. Sicknesses hit Christians. Financial stress helps hits Christian families. Sometimes we're faced with even our own issues, our own difficulties. Things, things don't always work out the way we'd anticipated. And for me to stand here and say, just give your heart to Jesus and everything is going to be sweet would be a lie. I'd never say that. I would say, give your heart to Jesus and he'll introduce you to his salvation. Yeah. And salvation is sweet. Yeah. But God doesn't change us overnight. We're being changed. Yeah. We're being changed from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. I love, I love fishing. I like boating. I like going in the sea. I love going way out in the sea by myself. I never tell Helen where I've been because <laughs> she might get way, way out there for But I just love, I've this year bought a, a big jet ski. It's 3.7 metres long. And, you know, to get speed, I haven't got to 80 yet, but I've got up to 70 kilometres an hour. And I just like the feel and going through the, the wind and the cold. And I, I, it just to me, it's invigorating. And to do it by myself, I love it because... My job is with people, but I, I just love my own space and just to get out and to enjoy it. But one thing you learn about having a boat is when you put the anchor down is the natural inclination of the boat is to turn around and face the tide. Because the anchor goes in to hold you from going with the flow of the tide. And that's why the Bible says that hope is like an anchor to our soul. Because when you do face difficulty, this is what, why God's given us this amazing salvation. He just says, come on, just throw the anchor of hope over for a minute. Because just say, the tide's going this way, you just get carried away and before long you're in a place that you shouldn't be and you're thinking, why, why am I way down here? I thought, God, you were here to meet me. But you imagine if you're way back here and you think, no, no, I'm just, th this is going to pass. I'm going to put the anchor over. Yeah. And so now you're, you're here. The tide's against you. 
but you've got hope that this is going to pass. Come on, this is going to pass. Sickness will pass. you got the hope. you you, you got your anchor over, and you're sitting here, and the tide's going by, and you watch other people, they, they get carried away with the tide, and they get washed down here, and before long, they're moaning and groaning, where's God? I thought God loved me. I thought God didn't. But, but what they failed to do was put that anchor of hope over. That just simply says, no, no, I'm waiting. This is going to pass. This is going to pass. I'm holding on. I can get through this. Amen? How, how many can get through it? Come on. It's the anchor of hope. You throw it over. I, I can. And do you know that's one of the benefits of salvation? I actually love getting with older people. And the first question I say, do you fear death? Some do. My father-in-law, he's 70, 96, and he's given his heart to Jesus. And I went over to his home, and I said, oh, do you fear dying? He said, no i got peace. I'm ready. I'm ready. My, my mother-in-law, when she died, she'd had a, she'd had a dream. She, in the dream, she had Jesus come to her. She was sitting on a, this grassy bank, and Jesus came to her, and he says, one day, I'm not ready to take you, but I'm just going to come and touch you on the shoulder. And you're going to come to be with me. And she never really told a lot of people. I only told a couple of people the story. And anyhow, for two years, she'd just say to me, she'd say, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. I'm just waiting for Jesus to touch me on the shoulder. And she went through a difficult season, health-wise, in that two-year period. But why isn't Jesus coming to touch me on the shoulder? But then she did come to the point where she died. But her husband at the funeral stood up and he said, you know, the last six months has been the most precious years of our 70 years of marriage. He said, something happened in the last six months. And in a way, you can see why there was a, a delay. But it's amazing because some of you have met Sam. He's the pastor of the Auckland Church. His wife, his name, her name's Kathy. She never knew the story about the touch on the shoulder. So we went into the hospital the night previous, and I, I don't know why, I just said she'll pass at 6 o'clock in the morning. And so we all went away, went to bed, woke up. For some reason, we woke up. And the phone's ringing at 6 o'clock in the morning, and uh, Kathy's on the other end of the phone, and she said, how's Nan, how's Nan? She said, I've just been woken with a dream, and I saw her walking as a young woman. Was well, She had this magic red hair and she's walking as a, a young woman up a grassy hill oh, wow. waving goodbye oh. and that's exactly the time she died <laughs> she passed see, see as a Christian you know that hope anchors us we, we, when we come to the end of our life it, never underestimate the power of that anchor amen it's powerful good story eh and, and you, 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 can't, you, can't, you can't argue with that. <laughs> Number five is salvation activates the Holy Spirit. And I, I just want to finish with this. I won't give you all the scriptures, Genesis, Romans, but I, one I want to give you. And uh, the, the, this is probably one of my, it's one of my special scriptures. Can I just ask, I, I know that it's probably an easy one to ask. Does anyone have a pair of Nike shoes on them? Would you take it off? Take your shoe off? Would you mind? 
Is it, has it got the label on it? Yeah. The back. I think got not the tick, but it's Nike. Yeah. I'll have the tick. I'll have the tick. You can put yours on. Tick, tick, tick. Now, I want you to read the scripture with me, and then this is where we're going to finish. Salvation. Amen? The gospel opens the door to us. Salvation. That's why Christianity is actually about possessing and restoring the image that God saw for your life. He didn't see us. I'm going to use a strong word. He didn't see us in crap. No, he didn't. He He saw you in his glory. The devil came along and he made our life crap. He came in and he did the damage. But Jesus, through the gospel, came to restore. That's the simple part of the gospel. That's why church is so powerful. That's why we're going to get young people. Come on, that's why we're going to get young people today. They need to see that this is not just a a, a boring message. This is about them discovering who they are. Discovering who they are. And in the scripture, it's a, it's, a, it's a powerful scripture. And I, I, I can't just unpack it all, but you'll get the drift. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 to 14, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Come on, the gospel. That's the door. It's when God opened it, you opened the door. In whom also, having believed, and here's the bit that I want you to underline, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And there it gives it quite a wordy statement, but I'll try and explain this to you. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Quite wordy. Now, Nike, the shoe. What's your name? Cheyenne. Cheyenne. shoe here. She bought it, bought it from a shop. She liked the brand. The brand is a tick. Every time they see that tick, you understand that it's a Nike shoe. Now, Nike was so pleased with the quality of this shoe that they branded it. They put their brand. If it wasn't up to their quality standard, it would never have got on the shelf because it doesn't live up to their seal. It doesn't live up to their brand. Now, finish with it. You may put it on. You got it? Quality, tick, brand. With Barry, though, the moment he gave his heart to Jesus, God came along and he said, Barry, I'm branding you. I'm branding. I'm branding you. No one will see my brand, but I'm branding you with my Holy Spirit. My spirit now will never leave you as an orphan. I brand you. I brand you. I say, you are now branded. You're my own. When I look from heaven, my blood has dealt with your sin, but I brand you. When I look down, I can say, that's my kid. They got my spirit. They got my Holy Spirit. Now, now, now you got it? got it? Listen. (laughs) The quality of Barry is not to God's standard. But he never rejected him. He said, even though your quality is not up to my standard, I still brand you. Yeah. 
you're my son. But I give you my brand. I give you my spirit. I seal you as a son of promise. Why? Because I have designed that you will enter into my inheritance over time. You will become who I've designed you to be. This year I'm 72. And I let you know that's why I love Jesus Christ. I'm not just preaching a message that's not real. This gospel, the moment I opened my heart to this amazing gospel, God sealed me. He said, Bruce, you're my son. I seal you. I brand you. I look from heaven and I say, you're my own. If you trip over, I'm going to lift you up. I'm never going to reject you. I'm going to draw you back. I'm going to draw you into this amazing path that I have for your life. It's all about discovering the salvation of Jesus. And I often think if only Colchester knew that message, we couldn't find buildings big enough. That's why we preach. That's why I, I, I still travel the world. I, I don't travel it because it's a, a good gig or whatever. I travel because I, I believe this message is the greatest message. Don't get your knickers in a knot over Brexit. <laughs> Even the virus that's hitting the world. Those who fear will get caught. Live above fear. Live in the salvation of Jesus. Through him we shall conquer. We shall live in a path of victory. That's why salvation is so powerful. It's real. It's it's living. And I pray today that the Holy Spirit would do something just significant in your life. Amen. Significant. You'd open your door. You'd open your heart. You wouldn't just stand back and just think. Let Jesus touch you. The Holy Spirit's present. He always loves it when you talk about him. I just want you to, just where you are, just in his presence. Just let the wonder of his Holy Spirit, where there's shame, where there's guilt, where there's condemnation. Perhaps you've done something stupid in the last week and you just think, why don't I do that? Just remember your son, your daughter of Christ. He's branded you. He's not asking you to be complete, but he'll make you complete. And right now I just prophesy unto this church that this message of salvation will become the message of this church in Jesus' name. We would become stronger in its proclamation. We would become clearer in our understanding. If people are going through a struggle or a difficulty, they'd be able to embrace it. For those who don't know and understand what's happening, perhaps they'll just throw over that anchor of hope today and just let the tide pass. Perhaps you're here and you've never opened your heart. You've never responded to the gospel. You've never just opened that door. And you're saying, man, can I, 
can someone pray with me so I can open that door? Or perhaps you have and you've just moved a long way away from it and somehow God's just drawing you back and saying, come on, come on, get right. Come home. Come to the salvation of Jesus. Perhaps you're in one of those two categories and you're saying, Bruce, would you pray with me today? And all I'm asking is just for a moment, if everyone would just close their eyes and when I count to three, I just want you to lift your hand, lift, lift your head and look at me. If you want to respond, not yet. If you need to respond. Number one, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, this is your moment. Number two, if you have and you've moved a long way away from Jesus. Number three, just lift your hand now and look at me. Say today, please pray for me. I want to come home. Just lift your hand. Over the side here, I see your hand. Thank you. Look at me. Can you look? Because I want to acknowledge you. Just anyone else, just lift your hand look at me. Right over the back, I see your hand, way down the back there, thank you. Just lift your hand look at me. I love, I love this part of church. This is, this is where God's moving. Anybody else? Young, old, just lift your hand. Two people lift their hand. You guys, yep, two. Thank you, thank you for the girl at the back there, thank you. Five people have lifted their hand. Come on. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. We're opening a door. You're just saying, yeah, I'm opening a door today. I want this. I want to be branded. How many want to be branded? <laughs> Amen. Salvation. Come on, let's stand together. Sometimes I prophesy over people, but I'm not doing that today because this message is prophetic. Come on, I, I want you to get it in your spirit. We're going to pray this prayer. You ready? Pray together with these five people who have just opened their heart to Jesus. Just pray it with them as though you could remember when you prayed it for yourself. Jesus, come on out loud, Jesus. Today I open the door of my life to your gospel of salvation. I receive what Jesus Christ has died for me. I receive his, his forgiveness. I receive his love. And today I receive his Holy Spirit as a seal that I am now a child of God. Thank you for coming into my life, from changing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God a big clap. If you open, just lift your hands. I just want to release the Holy Spirit. Just release the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit come. Everybody's got your hands lifted, your hearts open. Just say this prayer, Holy Spirit. I thank you. You live in my life. You have sealed me as a child of promise. I'll never take for granted your presence. I love you. I love your salvation. I love your plan for me. I know you're changing me. But today, I welcome you to change me from glory to glory as by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Amen. Just keep your hands lifted. Just there's an anointing here. Just let the anointing of God touch you. Perhaps you could pray this prayer this week, Jesus. I welcome you to let me have a mirror moment. Show me the beginning of February 2020 what you want to change this year in Jesus' name. I welcome you. I want to reflect and become more like you, Jesus. Amen. 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 I love being a Christian because I don't think I'm wacky. I love being a granddad. I love being a dad. I love being a husband. I love what I do. I love tripping people over. I love punching young men in the shoulder because they're too scared to punch me back. I'm a mischief man. I enjoy a glass of wine, but I've never got drunk since I had a car accident. I love sitting around a table with my friends and my family. and I laugh so hard that tears run down the side of my face. I love watching a movie. So I'm not wacky. Jesus is changing. Amen. That's the Christianity.